Loneliness adds to everything else that's going on as we enter the holidays. So giving thanks can seem difficult on the surface. I want to acknowledge that hardship. But do we not have even one good thing to be grateful to God for? We always have the greatest gift of salvation. And for those with eyes to see, even in 2020, in addition to Christ, there are people and things for which to thank the Lord. Greetings. Welcome to this edition of the Redheaded Preacher. I'm the Redheaded Preacher, Richard Lanford, the pastor of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. We are an open and affirming congregation within the United Church of Christ. Today's message is of November 22nd, 2020. It's the last Sunday before Advent begins next Sunday, November 29th. And in this church's tradition, which has a German evangelical and reformed background, celebrates Totenfest, which is part of the message today that honors the lives of members or very close friends who have died since last Totenfest. It's our version of All Souls Day or All Saints Day. We also light a candle for others and we without a name and then uh, because of trans day of remembrance being two days ago we will also light a candle for those 42 uh, americans whom we know of who are were trans persons and who were violently killed because of their non-binary gender orientation and identity the scriptures are from matthew 25 verses 31 through 46 from Hebrews beginning at the end of verse 11 through the first three verses of chapter 12 and James chapter 1 verses 17 and 18 our lector is our own congregation president Jennifer Schneider our first two readings come from the New Testament letters the first is from the letter of the Hebrew the letter to the Hebrews from chapter 11 verse 39 through the third verse of chapter 12. The background is that the writer has spent a lot of time lifting up Jewish heroes of the faith from Genesis onward, including many who suffered and died for their faith, awaiting the promised Messiah. This is where the passage picks up. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better, so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, 
and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. A second epistle reading is James chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Every generous act of giving with the perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Our gospel reading is the last of three parables making up Matthew 25, in which Jesus teaches his disciples to be ready for the coming of the Son of Man. He began them by saying, The kingdom of heaven will be like this. The passage is chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. Jesus said, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep to his right hand and the goats to his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you are the blessed by the Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? The king, and then the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did this to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you've done this to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you gave me no clothing sick and in prison and you did not visit me then they will also answer lord when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you then he will answer them truly i tell you just as you did not do it to the least of these you did not do it to me and these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life. Here ends our scriptures readings for this Totenfest and Thanksgiving Sunday. Praise be to God for this, the word of God for the people of God. On the Sunday before Thanksgiving, as people of faith, we emphasize that all we have and are ultimately comes from the power and goodness of God. 
and that it is always good, quote, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. We take the time today to listen to James' words and rejoice in them. As we heard Jen read, every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we could become a kind of first fruits of God's creatures. Every good and perfect gift is from God. Every generous act of giving is also of God. It is a truly fitting passage for thanksgiving and a good one to hold on to. Blessing because we know this year the holiday will happen without a whole bunch of people getting together in so many homes and feeding centers as is traditional in years past. You know, it's bad enough that COVID is stalking the world, that first-time claims for unemployment benefits are high, and folks are burning out from the stresses of unemployment from the stresses of unemployment and overwork, COVID fatigue, and folks being sick or dying from it. Now, those who look forward to at least seeing other people in the flesh over Thanksgiving will not, unless advisories are ignored or qualified. Not only will 250,000-plus people be gone from the Thursday tables, including the over 40 trans persons who died since last year's Day of Remembrance. But those who live alone will probably be alone on Thursday. Loneliness adds to everything else that's going on as we enter the holidays, so giving thanks can seem difficult on the surface. I want to acknowledge that hardship. But do we not have even one good thing to be grateful to God for? We always have the greatest gift of salvation. And for those with eyes to see, even in 2020, in addition to Christ, there are people and things for which to thank the Lord. Totenfest is a day this church remembers and gives thanks for the lives of members and sometimes good friends of St. Peter's who died since last Totenfest. Their lives are among our reasons St. Peter's gives thanks. We give thanks for Chuck Bailey, who died just months shy from his 100th birthday. Born in Michigan, he developed a knack for working on things. Chuck served in the United States Navy during World War II, most commendably at the Naval Ammunition Depot in Hawthorne, Nevada. In 1945, he submitted a suggestion for the protection and preservation of small, thin gauges. Rather than have them lined up next to each other on shelves, subject to dust and dirt getting in them, as well as being carelessly handled and even dropped, Chuck 
decided each should have its own protective little box and designed them. He submitted the proposal. The proposal was accepted and carried out, and he received a commendation from Captain Goodwin. After the war, he met Adeline Ide in Skokie through bowling. They married here at St. Peter's and lived in Skokie ever since. He was a faithful member of this congregation, attending regularly, bowling when we had the bowling league, playing dartball, serving more than once on our board of trustees and being its rep on the church council, and making things happen. He was the moving force and main worker in the creation of what was the Skokie EFC office upstairs. He gave a lot to St. Peter's, and when he was no longer able to attend, we visited him and Adeline uh, with Christmas caroling in December. Bill Todd, named after his dad and after whom his son and grandson are named, hence the second after his name in the bulletin. He grew up in this congregation uh, as his parents, Dale and Mary Todd, joined the congregation, and siblings Pat and Jim grew up here with him. He sang in the choir, something I believe he kept up after moving to northern Illinois and joining the home church of his wife, Sally, which is the Episcopal church. He sang in their choir. But he never lost his affection for or connection to St. Peter's. In addition to work and enjoying golf and his family, I remember many years ago, uh, Bill worked at a nursery. And when St. Peter's could benefit from some specific plantings or bushes, he got them himself from where he worked, brought them down, and planted them here with his brother's help. He was always friendly to me, quick to make conversation and bring humor to the same. We give thanks for them, and in faith, we imagine them being part of Hebrews, so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, in the letter to the Hebrews, the witnesses are the Jewish martyrs and examples of long-standing faith honored in chapter 11 who did not live to see the arrival of Jesus, but whose lives somehow looked forward to the fulfillment his coming brings. They went through a lot, an awful lot, if you read the second half especially of chapter 11, and kept the faith. And so, in gratitude for the heroes of Hebrews 11 and our own dearly departed of the faith, we like to hear the writer addressing us, when saying, therefore, since we are surrounded, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith surrounded by those who kept the faith in service and hardship and suffering, in joy and in love. Let us also go through these COVID days as we have, the loneliness we may experience, 
the various sacrifices that are made, and keep going. We give thanks for those who went before us, who now encourage us from beyond, reaching us through our memories, cheering us on, warning us, signal lights of the goodness of God over the long haul. We are enabled by God through the Spirit and their testimonies to run with perseverance our lives following Jesus today. Our schooling or jobs may suggest what these are. Our families and neighborhoods and country can inform us what these are, these ways of following. Primarily, though, it is the triune God who points us the way. And through Jesus' teaching in Matthew 25, we know the way is one of service to those he called the least of these who are members of my family. I reread the sets of people Jesus said he identified with, with whom he said he lived. Four of the five are basic needs for human life, of which the least of these were deprived. I was hungry and you gave me food. There's one. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. Thirst, there's two. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. That's human contact. It's social interaction. That's relationship, welcome, and community. And if you've ever been in a place where you did not feel welcome, and then you go someplace else and you are welcomed, you know the difference. I was a stranger. You welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. Clothing, the closest fitting kind of shelter for the body and for human dignity, there's four. I was sick, and you took care of me. Health care, that's pretty high up there with basic needs. I was in prison, and you visited me. Well, some of you remember when I went each Wednesday to help lead Protestant chapel services at Cook County Jail. Starting in seminary, I wanted to follow Jesus' teaching and go minister to those in preaching, inspired by Matthew 25, as well as another verse somewhere else. Visits there may not be a basic need. And in the first understanding of this gospel, it most likely meant Christians in prison for their faith. But such visits still provide humanity and encouragement to a set of persons who probably really need them. Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. On Trans Day of Remembrance, which was really Friday, we can imagine that transgendered folks and persons with a non-binary orientation or identity are also among the least of these. 42 within the United States and territories were killed violently since last November 20th. 
It's a horrible example of people learning to fear and hate what they do not understand or refuse to live and let live. Some of their names are Selena Reyes Hernandez, a transgender woman, 37, who's the only one murdered in Chicago this year, to the best of my knowledge. Johanna Metzger, a white trans woman, was killed in Baltimore. Yampi Mendez Orocho was killed in Moca, Puerto Rico at the age of 19. Nikki Kuhnhausen, a transgender girl, was killed in Vancouver, Washington at 17. Tony McDade, a black transgender man, was killed in Tallahassee. Marilyn Cazares, a trans Latina, was killed in Brawley, California. That's six persons out of 42. Our Facebook post from Friday has a link where all of the names are listed. Among the disenfranchised, we might now include the children of immigrants who are doing no harm, but are locked up or separated from their parents who also were no threat. There are those who served in great, there are those who are served in their great need by a just harvest. The night ministry. Persons fighting severe COVID as patients and those fighting it as overworked frontline healthcare workers praying to hang on. And other persons like my brother-in-law Dana and his partner Eric who are among the working poor when AIDS lets them be healthy enough. And Dan just broke his arm in three places plus his wrist in a, in a truck accident in Texas. Came out of surgery was yesterday. I should say a Friday, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, we followers of Jesus are beckoned to the race set before us to find the one whom we follow amongst those society has left behind, ignored, or downright victimized and oppressed one way or another. This is not a call to our comfort zone for most of us. Yet when we do come through for a just harvest, the night ministry, the vets at the Jesse V. Brown Clinic who have food insecurity, Ulick Children's Advantage Network, and our own church doors with Aldi cards or holiday meals through Jewel and more, and take part in the Pride Days in Skokie and are part of the Chicago Coalition of Welcoming Churches, we are in the race. We are in the race. Earlier, I acknowledged that for some, this Thanksgiving will be lonely and or a day of mourning for those no longer alive. Let me also acknowledge that the age, the health, the busyness or life circumstances of lots of our members and friends limit what we can do for these groups and individuals. I acknowledge and understand that. We are not going out with a night ministry health outreach van, and we probably couldn't any, any way now if we wanted to. We are not sitting in a policymaker's office with others doing a sit-in, bearing witness to the need for ending voter suppression or racism in city departments. We are not singing in a nursing home because we can't. We are not proactively learning more about LGBTQ plus language, cultures, and issues. COVID stops a lot of this, 
And so do some of our limitations, like I said. Having said this, let us do what we can in these months and holidays to the best of our God-given abilities to persevere in the race that is set before us to follow Jesus where he said we would be ministering to him. And when we cannot, as some of our limitations may prohibit, when we cannot, let us support those who do because that is needed also and is being partners in those ministries. And sometimes what we do is private. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon and his wife kept chickens. They would sell but would refuse to give away the eggs their chickens laid. Even close relatives were told, you may have them if you pay for them. As a result, some people labeled the Spurgeons greedy and grasping. The Spurgeons accepted the criticisms without defending themselves. And only after Mrs. Spurgeon died was the full story revealed. All the profits from the sale of eggs went to support two elderly widows. Because the Spurgeons were unwilling to let their left hand know what their right hand was doing or trumpet their giving before it happened, as the Pharisees did, according to Jesus, they endured the attacks in silence. Sometimes what we do is private. In living out our faith, however we can, in this race we're in, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, our followerhood, our discipleship increases and improves by the grace of God. Remember, St. Peter's UCC has got talents. In serving others in need, our thanksgiving to God is expressed in our sharing. In serving others in need, our thanksgiving to God is expressed in our sharing. As and after we do so, we'll feel good, but it's not the good feeling we get from helping someone else. Oh, I feel good when I help somebody else. It's a deeper satisfaction that what we are, that we are doing is what Jesus asks us to do. We are doing what Jesus asks us to do. When God uses us, uses you, uses me, uses our church, uses anyone who's listening, when God uses us to bless somebody else, especially if they are someone in real need, even helping on a bigger scale to replace injustice with justice, that's the best. You can't do it better than that. It's certainly better than winning the lottery. You've helped someone by the grace of God with the gifts God has given you. It's a thank offering by sharing what you have. And this then finds us grateful to God once more. Thanking God for the chance to do what we got to do, for the great cloud of witnesses, including those we remember today, and for Jesus, whose life, death, and resurrection bring eternal life, which is part and parcel of Totenfest and the gospel. And that is good news. Amen. I hope you found something uplifting 
in the message, Thanksgiving to service to Thanksgiving, or maybe it was Thanksgiving to ministry to Thanksgiving. It's been a few days. I apologize for that. Next week, we will have the first Sunday of Advent, and the passages will be from Isaiah, from Mark, as we enter a new liturgical year, our Gospels change over, so we'll hear very little of Matthew, but like a lot of Mark. And I look forward to bringing that message, and I hope you look forward to listening to it. God bless you this Thanksgiving, and God bless your, your whole week. Thanks for listening.